And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Coming up, a forecast for rising wheat prices this winter. But first, a new change. We bring in the farm weather at the start of Agri-News. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry Shepard at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, partly cloudy skies, wind southeast 30, the high 23, the low 13. Saturday, mainly cloudy, wind northwest 20, the high tomorrow 25, the low 12. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 23, the low 8. Monday, sunny with a high of 25, periods of rain in the evening, the low 11. Tuesday, partly cloudy and windy with a high of 15, the low plus 5. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 16, the low 7. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high near 16. Normal high is 20, the normal low is 5 degrees. The sun rose at 622 this morning. It sets at 731 tonight. And around the province, Leader is the hot spot in western Saskatchewan. It's 25 degrees in Leader right now. Estevan is 20, Saskatoon 19, Swift Current 20, Weyburn 19, Yorkton is 18. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Winds from the southeast at 38. Humidity is 47%, the barometer dropping 102.4. Part the cloudy, Moose Jaw, 18 degrees. Winds are from the southeast at 21, gusting to 39. Once again, Regina, sunny and 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Agra News is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers Ag Division. Choose McDougal Auctioneers for guaranteed results. Online at mcdougalauction.com. And South Country Equipment, your one stop for great service and a selection of agricultural, precision, ag and lawn and garden products. A grain market analyst expects wheat prices will be on the rise this winter. Senior market analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions, Neil Townsend, says wheat prices could jump 50 cents a bushel this winter due to rising demand. Wheat has been under some pressure from uh, you know broad markets, I guess, uh, particularly emanating out of the United States futures uh, hits uh you know they've kind of been battered down a bit one of the big discussions is being will they or won't they in terms of a russian export ban or some restriction on exports i mean i think the market's a little too focused on that the main thing they should be looking at is just you know what is the size of the pile of the russian wheat and if they continue to export at close to the current pace when does that pile get to the point where you know they don't have as much to export and and I think that's going to come and it's going to happen in probably like uh, December, January, February. And uh, at that point, the world will have to shift their uh, demand uh, needs towards uh, North America because Australia has a poor crop and won't be a big factor in the uh, wheat export game. So will prices go up? And if so, how much? I think prices, yes, prices are going to go up. I think, you know, again, you can never totally predict demand because uh, demand is reacts to a lot of things but i think like you know from where we are today i would expect to see uh you know cash prices go up by about 50 cents per bushel at some point in the year the bigger question might be you know what is what is going to be the low point i think we're kind of getting into the low point right now because it's just this is sort of the point in time where i guess wheat supplies in the world are viewed as being at their biggest because you know, the Europeans are done their harvest. The you know the Black Sea region is just finishing up their spring wheat harvest. We're rolling on our spring wheat harvest. The U.S. is rolling on their spring wheat harvest. So 
this is, you know, the maximum demand kind of weighing on the supply and demand balance and on prices. So I think from here, you know, I wouldn't expect to see prices go sideways or down too much. I think, you know, we'll have to gather a little bit of momentum here, but sometime around November, I expect to see uh, wheat prices kind of go up in, in a more organized and uh, steady fashion. Townsend says rising demand is the key factor pushing up wheat prices. Saskatchewan farmers are applauding the completion of the sale of the Hudson Bay Rail Line and related property at Churchill, Manitoba. The federal government says the assets have been purchased by the Arctic Gateway Group, a private-public partnership of Mississippi Rail Limited Partnership, a consortium of First Nations and communities in northern Manitoba, Toronto-based Fairfax Financial Holdings, and AGT Limited Partnership. AGT is based in Regina. The line was washed out and not in service this past year, APAS Vice President Ian Boxall of Tisdale says the sale is great news and he looks forward to the opportunity to ship grain from northeastern Saskatchewan through the port of Churchill. For growers here in the northeast where that's our closest port to Tidewater, that's a good development for us. Boxall says in order for Saskatchewan farmers to take advantage of the port of Churchill, CN's Tisdale subdivision must be returned to service. Otherwise, he says farmers would have to ship their grain hundreds of kilometres further. Foxall says the branch line hasn't been used for years. There's a chunk of rail line that runs from uh, Crooked River, just east of Tisdale, over to Hudson Bay, which would join up with the rail line that runs up to Churchill. And that line has been discontinued, and for the most part, the last 10 years has been used for car storage. And we'd like that put back into service. And whether that's CN put it back into service or whether they put it on the list so that some a group of people or somebody could buy it and run it as a short line, but it's an important integral part for the success of the port, right? If this is the closest access to grain is here in the northeast and getting it up there, we need that that line open so that we can have a cost-effective way to get grain over there. Boxall says several crops could be shipped through the port of Churchill. I think a, a lot of pulses here out of the northeast could ship that way quite easily, um, and I think that would probably be the biggest grains now that could logistically would be the shortest distance to the end users through Churchill. So, you know, 20% probably of our crop could go that way if things worked out. Boxall says both the Tisdale branch line and the Hudson Bay rail line have suffered flood damage and will require costly repair. Yeah, and I think in, in doing some reading, the government is committed to fix the one up to Churchill on the Hudson Bay line. And, and they say the, the Tisdale sub is in tough shape and it's go. I don't know that totally for sure. Um, it has been restricted down for speed, but... You know, even getting it there slowly is better than not getting it there at all. So let's just have the conversation and see what's involved. Boxall hopes the rail lines can be repaired and shipments can start moving through the port of Churchill again next year. I think it'll take some time to get all this figured out and to get some answers from all the stakeholders in it. And yeah, if we could have it up and running for next next harvest season, that would be awesome. Boxall was asked about harvest. We got a couple thousand acres of peas and some canola off and uh, yields seem to be average, and uh, quality's good, and things are looking okay. Ian Boxall is vice president of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan. He farms near Tisdale. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market and the Remax Blue Chip Realty Ag Team of Marcel de Corby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. CN Rail says the export of processed canola products has grown significantly during the past few years.
The director of grain marketing at CN Rail, David Shednovic, says canola production has doubled to 20 million tons in the past decade and processing has tripled to over 9 million metric tons. He says canola is processed into oil, meal and biodiesel at major plants in Yorkton and other facilities on the prairies and in eastern Canada. Shednovic says the canola is moved in for processing by truck and shipped out by rail, but there are some logistic challenges. Complicating things is that oil isn't oil. Different types of oil are generally produced within a plant and each uses its own fleet of tankers, so that adds complications to logistics depending on what they're crushing for at the time. Meal is meal, although it can be pelletized or not. Some markets prefer pellets while others don't, but most plants pelletize now. Oh, and don't forget that canola isn't just canola either. You have conventional canola and Nexera canola. Shednovic says most processing plants supply their own hopper and tanker cars for export. Plants typically have their own locomotive or track mobile to move cars around within the plant, and you typically have separate meal and oil loadout tracks. Plant yards can get congested when a plant's trying to hold cars in order to ship out a unit train of meal. Storage capacity for meal and oil is also limited at some plants, meaning they need to be serviced frequently to avoid plugging. In some cases, crush capacity has been expanded at a plant without any concurrent storage or track capacity expansion. Some plants weren't built for the Unitrain meal market and they're trying to fit into that space now. Shednovic outlines the grain shipping pattern. So the main trade flows for canola meal originating in Western Canada are to feed West Coast export demand as well as the U.S. dairy industry in states such as California, Texas and Wisconsin. The Unitrain business has really grown and markets have shifted. For spots like California and Texas, CN delivers unit trains to interchange and to connecting carriers that take the product the rest of the way. The eastern market still much more of a small receiver market, although this is changing somewhat too. Uh, now, meal demand from China has grown, meaning more of an emphasis on West Coast shipping. One interesting development last year was Raymont Logistics opening up a container stuffing facility in Prince Rupert, capable of receiving unit trains, and the canola crush industry in Western Canada has taken advantage of this new supply chain. In terms of oil, you have steady growth in the North American market, as well as oil shipments to Vancouver to spots like West Coast Reduction on the South Shore of Vancouver, as well as Pacific Coast Terminals in Port Moody. Being able to leverage revenue cap regulated rates for movement to port for meal and oil also supports strong profitability relative to other destinations for those processors. Shednovic explains how canola crush profitability is measured. The board crush margin, which is comprised of an oil and meal contribution and a seed cost, doesn't include fixed or variable production costs. Actual margins are affected by a whole host of different factors. The calculation is based on a 40 to 60 oil and meal contribution per ton of canola seed and is adjusted to Canadian dollars. So the average board crush margin for the 17-18 crop year was $68 per ton and it peaked at 95 back in March. So a crush plant running at 3,000 tons per day would have an average board crush margin of just over $200,000 a day. David Shednovic is the Director of Grain Marketing at CN Rail. Farm Credit Canada is again contributing $100,000 to school meal programs across Canada as part of an annual campaign to fight hunger. For a second year in a row, FCC is supporting meal programs offered at 100 schools across the nation. Recipient schools are selected based on need by FCC offices across Canada. FCC President Michael Hoffert says, has also announced this year's goal is to collect the equivalent of 5 million meals for Canada's food banks. FCC's Drive-Away Hunger program will feature tractor tour pickup of food and donations from various individuals and organizations during the month of October at several centres across Canada, including Regina, Saskatoon, Yorkton, Moose Jaw and Humboldt. 
FCC offices are also accepting food and cash donations for food banks until October 18th. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. Call 1-800-284-9999 for more information or to book a free consultation with the office of Scott Bjornson Hollis Wealth. Scotia Capital Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Market Update also brought to you by Flamin Sales in Saskatoon, Southie, Prince Albert, Yorkton and Swan River. Visit Flamin.com. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola gained 210 at 456.72. Oats rose 84 cents at 155.62. Number one red spring wheat went down $1.15 at 234.54. The rest were unchanged. Durham 248.02. Feed barley 187.63. Flax $479. Yellow peas 221.54. Feed wheat 196.99. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, December wheat is down two and a quarter cents this morning at 5.69 and a half a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Musha, 300 cattle on offer here at our Tuesday regular sale consisting mostly of cows and bulls, which sold to barely steady demand. These good cows are bringing 81 to 88 sales into the low 90s on the right kind of cows. Medium cows, 74 to 80, and these shellier cows are getting tougher to move, 66 to 75. Lots of bulls on offer. The good ones are bringing $1.05 to $1.15. Not a lot of feeder cattle on offer, but what was there, maybe a couple bucks lower. We do have a regular sale, an off-track yearling sale here, Tuesday, September 11th. We've thrown in a pre-sorted yearling and calf sale here due to the dry conditions for Tuesday, September 25th. We've got 400 listed for that one already. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,900 hogs Thursday, selling a range of 91 to 120 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,300 head, selling a range of 95 to 120 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the weekending Friday, September 7th are Maple Leaf Sig 5, 105.19, Ham's Cash 103.69, Thunder Creek Brickle 102.45, and High Life 118.07 dollars per CKG. Ham's Cash hog price today is higher. Pork contract prices opened lower this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar was down one basis point with the daily exchange rate at 1.3188. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 75.84 cents U.S. U.S. negotiated cash markets were decisively higher in yesterday's trade, with the Western Corn Belt region gaining a dollar seventy a hundred weight. The move was not initiated by a change in pork product values as the cutout reported a slight decline. However, the cash market support was seen quickly in the October lean hog futures, which finished limit up on the day at $3 US 100 weight higher. With October to February 4 price trading at their highest level since late June, producers should secure prices on as much as 75% of their production in this time frame. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. And if you missed the farm weather forecast, now at the start of Agri-News, the outlook today, partly cloudy, wind southeast 30, the high 23, the low 13. Cloudy tomorrow, wind northwest 20, the high 25, the low 12. In Regina, sunny and 19, that's 66 Fahrenheit. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.